our reading from the Gospel of Matthew is the first 11 verses of chapter 4. But first, consider the context. Just before this, Jesus had been baptized by John, and when Jesus was baptized, he immediately came up out of the water, and heaven was opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God coming down like a dove and resting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I dearly love. I find happiness in him. And right after this passage, Jesus hears that John the Baptist has been arrested. And Jesus begins his ministry. So this story of the temptation comes just after the baptism, just before the beginning of the ministry and the Sermon on the Mount. Listen now for the word of God. When the Spirit led Jesus up into the wilderness so that the devil might tempt him, after Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was starving. The tempter came to him and said, Since you are God's son, command these stones to become bread. And Jesus replied, It is written, People won't live only by bread, but by every word spoken by God. After that, the devil brought him into the holy city and stood him at the highest point of the temple and said to him, Since you are God's son, throw yourself down, for it is written, I will command my angels concerning you, and they will take you up in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on a stone. And Jesus replied, again it is written, don't test the Lord your God. Then the devil brought him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said, I'll give you all these if you bow down and worship me. Jesus responded, go away, Satan, because it's written you will worship the Lord your God, and serve only him. The devil left him, and angels came and took care of him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. O oh Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Are you tempted? When you sense a devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other, which one do you listen to? Stores have sales to tempt us with those low, low prices. In fact, I have read that it takes just two words to get a woman to buy something. On sale. But wait, wait, wait. We got equal opportunity. And men, well, it just takes one word to get a man to buy something. Turbo. <laughs> if you Google the word tempt, you will find it means to entice or attempt to entice someone to do or acquire something that they find attractive, but know to be wrong or not beneficial. 
In fact, tempt comes from a Latin word that means test. And this is called the temptation of Christ, but it's also called a testing of Jesus. So what are you enticed to do or acquire that you know to be wrong, not good for you, not good for others? In your life, how are you tested, tempted? Now you may be thinking, wait just a minute. That's not the way this sermon's supposed to go. You may have been coming to church so long that you've noticed that every year on the first Sunday of Lent today, the scripture readings include one of the gospel accounts of the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. And most times these sermons have the pretty good point that we all need to work. We need to strive to be more like Jesus, to resist temptation, and to have that perfect discipline that he had. But we all know that's just not likely, is it? Think about it. After 40 days of fasting in the desert, Jesus faced tests of power and presumption. If you are who you say you are, the devil basically says, what will you presume you could get? What will you feel entitled to? How will you use your power, your authority? But Jesus resisted all these temptations to use his power, to use his position in ways that the devil had tempted him to do. And instead he chose to do to follow God's path, God's way. In Hebrews 4 we read, we don't have a high priest who can't sympathize with our weaknesses because, but instead we have one who was tempted in every way except we are, every way that we are tested except without sin. And there's, there's the rub. Jesus was sinless and we are sinful. We are less like Jesus and more like, well, we're more like the Apostle Paul who wrote, the desire to do good is inside of me, but I can't do it. He said, I, I don't do the good I want to do, and I do the evil that I don't want to do, so I find that as a rule, when I, when I want to do what is good, evil is right there with me. You and I and everyone we know, we do give in to temptation. We can't live perfectly like Jesus. But we are told to try, to not give up. Keep on trying. So, how can you and I, how can we resist temptation? In Mark's gospel account of the night that Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night he was betrayed, Jesus had told the disciples, stay alert and pray so that you won't give in to temptation. The spirit is eager, but the flesh is weak. Well, having a daily spiritual discipline of spending time in prayer and, and in God's word, that's a major way to recognize and resist temptation. Find ways to do what Paul charged us to do in the 12th chapter of Romans, where he said, don't be defeated by evil, but defeat evil with good. In the fifth chapter of Galatians, as we remember from Sunday school not long ago, Paul described basically two paths we can choose. 
the actions that are produced by selfish motives, self-centered motives, are obvious since they include sexual immorality, moral corruption, doing whatever feels good, idolatry, drug use, casting spells, hate, fighting, obsession, losing your temper, competitive opposition, conflict, selfishness, group rivalry, jealousy, drunkenness, partying, and other things like that. He knew us pretty well. But, he said, I warn you that those who do these things won't inherit God's kingdom, but the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against doing those things, is there? So part of our resisting temptation is based on the spiritual disciplines of prayer and Bible study. Part of the plan is to overcome evil with good to pursue the fruits of the Spirit. And another part of temptation resistance has to do with learning to recognize temptation, especially especially when we decide to sit in self-righteous judgment of other people, we tend to think of temptation as something that comes with plenty of warning. They should have known better. You know, kind of like a, a hazardous waste bag or big signs and flash, flashing red lights. But really, temptation usually comes looking more like a present for us. Ooh, an opportunity, a gift. Oh, let's see what's in here. Usually, temptation comes looking like this. In fact, you know, she talked about chocolate. There used to be a bakery down the street from our house. And I don't know whether you can read the name of the bakery from here, but you know what it says? Temptations. Oh, good chocolatey temptations they have. <laughs> well, some, some temptations have to do with food, but there are others. Some people get tempted to drink all kinds of things. Now this had tea in it, but, or water, but uh, people get tempted to drink all kinds of things. Now we'll just call this doll, we'll call this doll Monica. <laughs> or you could put whatever name, but uh, some people are tempted by, or you could call her Bathsheba, I guess. Some people are tempted by relationships that are not good for them or for their community. What else we got in here? Oh, yeah. Fame. Getting a name in the newspaper, on TV. You know, people do all kind of silly things to get to be famous. Sometimes fame is what tempts people. And then there's that old standby money. I would have put some of that in there, but it might have gotten stolen. <laughs> but money tempts us so often. You wonder, why did so-and-so do such-and-such? Money often tempts people. Well, you know what tempts you, usually. Part of res resisting temptation is to plan ahead. For example, I can stand before you today and tell you truthfully that I am excellent. I am, I am just so skilled, so good at, so faithful at resisting 
and refusing ice cream, candy, chocolate, any kind of sugary treat that's not at my house but still at the grocery store. <laughs> if, if it's not in the house, I'm not likely to get up. They're open 24 hours a day, but I'm not likely to run, run a couple of miles down the road to get something like that. Some of it is planning, avoiding opportunities to be tempted. Well, you can think about ways you can avoid the t things that tempt you. I had a friend who, who stopped taking the newspaper, especially the Sunday paper. She said, uh, the Sunday paper has all these ads, you know, things on sale. <laughs> she said, I'd make lists, I'd go to the store, I'd buy all this stuff I really couldn't afford. And so she quit taking the paper. Well, she misses the whatever the joys of reading the paper are, but she also avoids that temptation. That works for her. There was a character named Flip Wilson. You remember him? He was a popular comedian. He had a series of skits in which he appeared dressed as a woman named Geraldine. And Geraldine's signature, all-purpose excuse was, the devil made me do it. <laughs> But the first chapter of James tells us where the seeds of our temptation really are. James writes, everyone is tempted by their own cravings. They are lured away and enticed by them. Once those cravings conceive, they give birth to sin, and when sin grows up, it gives birth to death. It's real easy to be self-righteous about things that tempt other people. I've never been tempted by drugs that just doesn't it doesn't appeal to me, you know, but uh, then there are things that tempt me that other people say, well, that's silly. In 1813, 1813, uh, U.S. Navy Commodore Oliver Hazard Perry, Commodore Perry sent a famous message to who, a fellow who was then the Army General, he was president later, William Henry Harrison, after his victory in the Battle of Lake Erie. And his message said, we have, we have met the enemy and they are ours. But our situation, our situation, when it comes to temptation is described much better by that title character in the comic strip, remember Pogo? And Pogo said, we have met the enemy and he is us. We are our own worst enemies. If we want to resist, resist temptation to do bad things, if we want to resist the temptation to not do good things, we need to know ourselves, our weaknesses, our habits, and we need to have a plan to cope with them. Now, do you recall, you recall Mufasa, the, the Lion King of Disney movie and musical fame? You remember what he said to his son Simba? The saying that guided Simba's behavior from then on, his decisions after his father had been killed. Remember who you are. If you and I can remember who we are, children of God, disciples of Jesus Christ, we will arrange our lives to recognize, avoid, and resist temptation. And when we are tempted to do what we know to be wrong, we'll remember who we are 
and whose we are. Thanks be to God. The eternal creator calls us. The risen Savior sends us. The dynamic Holy Spirit empowers us. So go into the world and make disciples for Jesus Christ and work on resisting that temptation. Now may grace and peace and love, the triune blessings of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore.